All right, well, let's get into the teaching of the Word. If you've got your bulletins with you, uh, the sermon notes are always on the inside of your bulletin. And we have been teaching through the book of Genesis. This is actually the eighth part in a sermon series. I don't know exactly how long the sermon series is going to go, but it's looking like there's going to be at least 13 parts to it to to get through the whole book of Genesis. Uh, We took a break uh, last week to celebrate sports camp and all the cakey at sports camp, but uh, the week prior, uh, we had just left off talking about Isaac versus Ishmael. And uh, we talked about that Ishmael is the result of human effort, and Isaac is the result of waiting for God's promise. And so our challenge was is that when God makes a promise, there's always a season of waiting. God's not into instant gratification. And so he gives us a promise, and then we've got to wait. And in that season of waiting, are we going to produce Ishmael's? Because we don't have the patience to wait on God? Or are we going to wait to receive our Isaac? And so Abraham produced an Ishmael, which caused all sorts of problems throughout the generations, honestly, even to today, that the the Middle Eastern region has been in continual conflict for thousands of years. And part of that is because of Ishmael. Abraham still received his Isaac but he had to deal with all the consequences of producing an Ishmael. And so as the people of God, we don't want to deal with the consequences of producing Ishmaels. So let's be a people who wait for our Isaac. Let's be a people who wait in faith on God's promise and believe for the great things that God is going to do. Today, we're going to continue in the story of Abraham, but we're going to look specifically at Abraham and Lot. And today is our Belong Group Launch Sunday. We'll be talking about that at the end of service. And so traditionally, if you're launching Belong Groups, you're going to preach on community. But I was like, well, we're kind of right in the middle of this Genesis teaching series, so we're just going to flow with the teaching series. Well, wouldn't you know it that right where we're at would be a teaching on community. Again, I didn't plan it. I can't take any credit for it, but God is good. And so what we're going to be talking about today is leaving fellowship. That within the context of fellowship, there is blessing and there is abundant blessing. But when we choose to leave fellowship, it comes with a whole different set of consequences. And I want us to learn that today, and I want us to be encouraged by the end of the day today that that we would do everything we can to not be drawn away from fellowship. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 13. We're kind of bouncing backwards a little bit from, from last week when we read in, or two weeks ago when we read in Genesis 17 and 18. We're going to bounce back to Genesis 13 so that we can get the context of the story here between Abraham and Lot. And so where we're at in the story is Abraham had fled with his family and his possessions. They had fled to Egypt because of uh, the famine. And Egypt is where Abraham made the terrible mistake of giving his wife away. And then God reveals it to Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh gives Abraham his wife back. But along with his wife also blesses him with flocks and herds, sheep and goats and cattle and servants. And and just basically blessed him with a huge amount of wealth. And so as we pick it up in Genesis 13... Abraham is just leaving Egypt from this particular episode and coming back into the land of Canaan. 
So starting in verse 1, so Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev, he and his wife and all that belonged to him and Lot with him. Now, who was Lot? Lot is Abraham's nephew. Lot's dad had passed away when Lot was still young, and so Abraham did the right thing by his family by taking Lot in and, and raising Lot and looking after him. And so when God called Abraham and his wife to, to leave their home and to travel and to live as, as sojourners, as to live as nomads in the land of Canaan, he took Lot with him and continued to look after and care for Lot. And so it says they leave Egypt, they go through the Negev. What's the Negev? That's the southern part of what is now Israel. So when you leave Egypt, the first place you end up is the southern part of Israel. Verse 2, now Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. Why was he rich in livestock, silver, and gold? Because Pharaoh had just blessed him with a bunch of stuff as they were leaving Egypt. He went on his journeys from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai to the place of the altar which he had made there formerly, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. So now Abram is blessed. He leaves Egypt, travels up through southern uh, what was then Canaan, ends up between Bethel and Ai. Why is this significant? This was the first place in Canaan where Abraham had built an altar to worship God. And so when he leaves Egypt, what does he do? He goes back to the altar. He goes back to the place of worship. And he begins to worship the Lord. Verse 5, now Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. And the land could not sustain them while dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to remain together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Now the Canaanite and the Perizzite were dwelling then in the land. So Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me, nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If to the left, then I will go to the right, or if to the right, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of the Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt as you go to Zoar. So Lot chose for himself all the valley of the Jordan, and Lot journeyed eastward. We've been learning this over and over again for the last two months. Anytime in the book of Genesis when it says somebody traveled east, what does that mean? Away from God's blessings, away from God's presence. So it says Lot journeyed eastward, thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tents as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly and sinners against the Lord. So let's talk about what's happening here. So Abraham has lots of sheep and goats and cattle because he is blessed abundantly. Lot also has lots of sheep and goats and cattle because Lot is blessed abundantly. So the first important question is this. Why was Lot blessed abundantly? Because of Abraham. 
Right? God promised Abraham, I will bless anybody who blesses you. All of Lot's blessings were the residual carryover of being in fellowship with Abraham. And so when Abraham was gifted flocks and herds from Egypt, Lot got a lot of flocks and herds as well. When Abraham was blessed with increase and his flocks and herds continued to grow, Lot was blessed with increase and his flocks and herds continued to grow. And so when it says in here that Lot had flocks and herds and tents, tents in the multiple means that he also had lots of servants because you have to have lots of tents to house all the people that are taking care of your animals and taking care of your wealth for you. So Lot was abundantly blessed because of Abraham. But there came a point where there's so many sheep, so much cattle, that the grass can't sustain them all. And so Abraham suggests that they separate. And so when you read this, you say, well, it was Abraham's idea that they separate. Not exactly. Yes, it was his idea, but there was problems already taking place. There was strife that was already happening. And when Abraham goes to Lot and says, I don't want there to be any strife between us, let's separate. Lot just jumped on it. Yeah, I've been waiting to get out from under your shadow. I've been sick and tired of of your flocks and your servants and your people being around. He jumped on the chance. He didn't have to take it. Here's the thing. He could have said, no, no, no. You know what? It's actually better maybe that we get rid of some of our sheep so that we can stay together. No, no, maybe, maybe it's better that we do some conflict resolution between our, my shepherds and your shepherds so that we can stay together. Right? There, he didn't have to just jump on the chance to choose to go. See, the thing is, is there was already something going on in the heart of Lot's that he wanted to leave. And why? It says there in your notes, why did Lot choose to separate? Because he had too much of something and he had too little of something. He had too much wealth, too many flocks and herds, too many servants, and he had too little gratitude. He had lost sight of the fact that the whole reason he was blessed was because he was with Abraham. And now that he's so blessed... He's going to leave Abraham because he didn't have enough gratitude to realize where his blessings came from. So given the option to leave, it says that Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the valley of Jordan, how well watered it was. It was like the garden of the Lord. It was like the garden of Eden. It was perfect, and it watered itself just like the Garden of Eden did. And it was abundant and fruitful just like the land of Egypt was. He lifts up his eyes, and he sees something that looks good. Does that wording sound familiar in the book of Genesis? It sounds like Eve lifting up her eyes and seeing that the fruit looked good and was desirable to eat. And so she chose to eat it. Lot looked up. And rather than staying in the place where the spiritual blessings of God continued to flow in his life, is he chose to move to the place that looked good with his eyes. 
It looks appealing to the eyes, so I am willing to leave the presence and the blessings of God to claim something. Now, the promise to Abraham, I'm sure Lot had to have known about it. All these years they spent together. And God told Abraham, I want you to go to the land of Canaan. I want you to stay in the land of Canaan. I will bless you in the land of Canaan. That will be the possession for all of your descendants. And given the choice, what did Lot choose? To go east of Canaan. He chose to leave Canaan. He chose to leave the fellowship of Abraham. And by leaving the fellowship of Abraham, he also left the blessings of that fellowship. And let's be honest, after leaving Abraham's fellowship, Lot's life turns into a complete train wreck. One tragic turn after another. Every time in the Bible, after leaving Abraham, that we hear about Lot, terrible stuff is happening to him. Check this out. And I've got this as bullet points here up on the screen. Outside of the fellowship of Abraham, Lot, his family, and all of his possessions are pillaged and taken captive by marauding armies. And guess who comes to save him? Abraham. The very person he wasn't grateful enough to to be in fellowship with anymore. Abraham comes to rescue him. Lot chooses to live in a city that's known for its debauchery and its sin. Sodom was known as a place of sinners. It was known as a place of sexual debauchery. It was known as a place where people were taken advantage of, where the poor were victimized, where the strangers were were violated. He chose to leave the blessings of God to live in a place of sin and debauchery. Lot gives up the life of tents to become a city dweller. And you say, well, what's the big deal? Nothing wrong with living in a city. Except if the word of God was to live in tents. And you choose to leave those to live in a city. And we never again hear of the flocks and the herds of lots. So did he sell them all to buy a house in the city? We don't know. But they're all gone. Everything that represented the promise and the blessings of God was gone in Lot's life because he chose to live in a city. In that city, Lot's house is surrounded by a group of men who are intent on homosexual rape. Lot, for reasons that nobody could ever fathom, tries to please these men by offering up his daughters to be raped instead. Lot is forced to flee to the mountains with just his wife and his daughters. And this was by the grace of God that God sent the angels to get him out of his house before fire rained down from heaven to burn up the city. But now the house that he had given up the promise of God to buy was now worthless because he was now forced to flee to the mountains because fire was about to rain down. His wife turns into a pillar of salt. Why? Because as they were fleeing the city, as God by His grace had saved them, she turned and looked longingly back at the city. The sin of that city had already gotten into her heart. 
And she longed for the sin more than she longed for God's salvation. And when she turned to look back at the city, she immediately turned into a statue made of salt. And his wife was gone forever. And if that's not bad enough, now that they're hiding out in the mountains, refugees and outcasts with no possession and nothing, his daughters realize that they have no hope of ever getting married again because the men they married from Sodom wouldn't come with them. That they decide to get their dad drunk and sexually molest him so that they can bear children. And who are those children? They become the Ammonites and the Moabites, enemies of the people of God throughout the Old Testament. So you can see that the life of Lot fell apart when he made the decision to leave the blessings of the fellowship of Abraham. And so our encouragement today is don't leave the blessings of the fellowship. Say, what does that look like, Pastor? Well, if you're making a decision to leave the church, that is the same as leaving the blessings of Abraham, right? Or maybe not deciding to leave the church, but maybe just deciding, ah, I'll just show up to the church occasionally, but I'm not going to be committed or invested in anything that God is doing. I want everyone in Kauai Bible Church to experience the blessings of fellowship, and so I want to encourage all of us, let's not leave. Why would we leave? Just like Lot, because we might have too much of some things, or we might have too little of other things. Let's start with the too much list. You can see I put four blanks in your notes there that we might have too much of. We might have too much entitlement. I've been here for this amount of time. I've given this amount of money. I should have things my way. And if I don't get things my way, then maybe I should leave the fellowship. That's too much entitlement. Proverbs 18.1 says, He who separates himself seeks his own desire. We want things our way, so we leave. We might leave because we have too much religion. You say, what do you mean too much religion? Well, if your relationship with God is based strictly upon rules, then you have too much religion. And what happens when we have too much religion is we start judging everybody else by a standard that we could never meet ourselves. And we start getting annoyed with everybody else because they're not living up to the religious standard that we place on them. And then spiritual pride sets in. I'm better than everybody at this church. Nobody at this church is committed to God like I am. Nobody's willing to go as deep as I am. So we decide to leave because of too much religion. How about this one? Too much worldly focus. Too much worldly focus. When we care too much about the things of this world, it's going to be really hard to stay in a community where we keep getting challenged to care about the things of God. And so when we care about too much about reputation, we care too much about possessions, we care too much about leisure. Now, none of those things are bad things, but when we have too much of them, 
then we're drawn away by the world. And there's not going to be any desire to stay devoted to fellowship. One more. What if we have too much fear or pain? Too much fear or pain. There's this anomaly when it comes to growing in community. And that is that God designed us that we need other people around us to grow. The reason it becomes an anomaly is because the people that we're closest with are also generally the greatest source of pain in our lives. And so the very thing that we need is the very thing that we're afraid of because we've had so much hurt in our lives. And so as God calls us into deeper fellowship, as God calls us into deeper intimacy, we pull away because it's just too scary. There's just too much pain, and I'm just too afraid of getting close to people. I'm too afraid of being known. And so I'm just going to leave before I get too close. Too much entitlement, too much religion, too much worldly focus, too much fear or pain. So what, what do we have too little of? How about too little humility? The Bible says with humility, we should consider one another as more important than ourselves. To grow in community means we have to allow people to speak into our lives and to challenge some rough edges in our lives. That means we have to allow some people to help us change our behavior. We have to allow some people to uh, uh, challenge us or rebuke us if we're doing something wrong. And if we don't have humility, we don't want that. We don't like that. We don't want to hear that. So the moment someone starts to push a little too hard, I'm out of here. Or the moment it's not enough about me, I'm out of here because there's too little humility. How about too little participation? So research around the country shows that there are two factors that stand above all others that determine whether somebody stays with a church or not. Two factors above all the others. One is that they're consistent givers, and the other is that they're consistent in small group attendance. Those two factors above any other can determine whether somebody is going to stay with a church long term or not. And so if we have too little participation, we attend church on Sundays and, and we come and we put our time in once a week, but we don't participate in anything else that's happening, generally you're just going to fade away. Right? The Bible says where our money is, there our heart will be also. So when we give more, we tend to stick more. And so when somebody who was a regular tither stops tithing, that's a red flag that they're getting ready to leave the fellowship. When somebody who normally has been engaged in small groups is no longer in small groups, that's a warning sign that they're about to leave fellowship. So we have too little participation the more we participate, the more we're invested in community together, the more we're going to stick together. I already talked about this one with Lot, but too little gratitude. Too little gratitude. We're not thankful 
for how much we receive from the community. We're not thankful for how much we receive from the fellowship. We don't give the proper place for where the blessing comes from. And so without enough gratitude, we just leave. And finally, the last one, too little forgiveness. Too little forgiveness. Listen, guys, as long as we are in community together, we're going to hurt each other. Not on purpose, but it's just going to happen. We're broken people trying to grow in God together. And in that brokenness, we're going to hurt each other. And if we're not able to forgive each other in the midst of those hurts, then bitterness and resentment and walls are going to build up. And in those walls, we're going to decide to leave fellowship. And we say, I'm going to go find somewhere else where nobody's going to hurt me. Oh, awesome. When you find it, invite me because I'd love to go too. (laughs) But I haven't found it yet. And nobody else has because here's the thing I've noticed. If you leave one church because somebody has hurt you, you're probably going to leave several churches because somebody has hurt you. Because you're never going to find a church where nobody hurts you. Too little forgiveness. Too little humility, participation, gratitude, and forgiveness. So let's talk about fellowship within the context of a New Testament community. We've talked about for the last few weeks that the covenant of Abraham still stands today. And as followers of Jesus, we are the offspring of Abraham and we receive the blessings of Abraham. Where do those blessings come from? They come from our fellowship in community together as the people of God. So in your notes, I put a, a definition of fellowship. And that is to share or participate together in community. 1 Corinthians 10, 16. Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? Fellowship is that we share together and participate together in community. We share our lives together. We participate in the kingdom of God together. And so three points really quick about followers of Christ. Number one, we are devoted to fellowship. Acts 2.42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. As followers of Christ, we should be devoted to fellowship. Devotion implies priority. That fellowship is going to take one of the highest slots of priority in our lives. Right up there with family, right? I'm going to devote myself to sharing and participating in the kingdom of God with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm going to devote myself to it. It says they devoted themselves. Not that they made it work in their schedule. Not that they showed up occasionally. They devoted themselves to fellowship. The second thing, we find encouragement in fellowship. Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So in this, the writer of Hebrews is contrasting encouragement with being hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. They're opposites. So if we're being encouraged in fellowship, then our hearts are staying soft before God. When we're not being encouraged in fellowship, 
Our hearts are growing hard, and we're giving in to the deceitfulness of sin. We find encouragement together. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as you are also doing. In February, one of the prophetic promises that was declared over Kauai Bible Church is that we would be a place of extreme encouragement, above and beyond the norm. That this would be a place where we would come to get built up and encouraged because the word would get out. Kauai Bible Church is a place of encouragement. The people are going to speak life to you there. The people are going to build you up there. The people are going to speak wonderful things over you there. I think we are a place of great encouragement, but I think that we haven't even begun to tap into the potential of that promise of how much we could encourage one another in fellowship. And the third one, we grow to maturity through fellowship. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So when can we leave fellowship? When we have achieved the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. <laughs> when somebody gets there, you let me know. Because I'm not even close. And I've never met anybody who's even close. So that means as long as we're in this life, let's stay in fellowship. Because it's in fellowship together that we're going to grow to maturity. Paul said, for this one thing I strive to present every man and woman as mature before Jesus Christ. The goal of our fellowship together is that the day that we stand before Jesus on the judgment day, we will stand as mature followers of Christ, and we reach that place because of our fellowship together. I'm going to invite Sugi and Danae to come up. I know, not the whole worship team today. We're doing something a little different. So what's the conclusion? There at the bottom of your notes, here's our conclusion. Let's get rid of what we have too much of. And let's get more of what we have too little of so that we don't have to experience the consequences of walking away from fellowship. Is there some things we have too much of that is pulling us away from fellowship? Then we might need to get rid of some of those things. Are there some things we have too little of that are causing us to want to leave fellowship? We need to get some more of those things. Why? Because as your pastor... I want every one of you to experience the blessings of Abraham. I want every one of you to experience the blessings of fellowship. I don't want anyone to deal with the consequences of missing out. And so here's what we're going to do. Pastor Danae is going to share a song with us. And this is a really special moment because this is a song she actually wrote herself. And she and Sugi have been working on this song all week. And this song speaks to exactly what we're talking about being a people that are together in fellowship. And so I just want you to receive this song today. I want you to, to allow it to minister to your hearts. And as this song is being sung, I want you to pray and ask God, God, what do I have too much of?
And God, what do I have too little of? And I want you to open your heart to actually allow God to tell you. Actually allow God to tell you. And then when he tells you, we can do something about it, right? We can respond to it. God, speak to us now. God, let this song encourage our hearts. Let it call us together to a place of fellowship that we might experience the devotion and the encouragement and the growth that you intended for all of your followers, Lord. Speak to us today, God. What do we have too much of? What do we have too little of? God, keep us together in fellowship. So let us deal with these things today. In Jesus' name.